your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. Now then, 819, the uh, Obama administration over in the United States has confirmed prices of health plans sold under the Affordable Care Act, known as Obamacare, will increase by an average of more than 20% next year, while the number of choices available to consumers in many markets is actually shrinking. Of course, this goes against President Obama's promise that the law would save families $2,500 a year back in 2010. Professor Eric Sieber Health Services Management and Policy at Ohio State University now joins us on the line. Good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, good. Good to have you with us. Um, can you just clarify? I mean, there may be some of our listeners who are not too familiar with Obamacare. Uh, has the law been beneficial to those who need health insurance? A very, very common complaint that I hear or read from ordinary Americans is, you know, they have some sort of health complaint, but they just can't afford insurance and they're worried about going to the doctor oh yes no this we we have issues in our healthcare system but this was a, not a complete reform but a step forward so the one complaint that we did resolve so if you are sick no longer can i deny you health insurance because you're sick mm. used to be if you had a heart attack nope no health insurance you can't afford that so now we have that so no pre-existing conditions so I can't exclude that. But to do that, we had to mandate that everybody had health insurance. But it was a soft mandate. If you don't buy health insurance, you pay a $600 penalty. But health insurance costs five, $6,000 per person. So many people are foregoing it and just paying the penalty. But even on these exchanges, when we say it's going up 20%, the federal government pays a large subsidy depending on what your income is. So it's 20% of a much smaller number out of pocket. Unless you make $100,000 US, then you pay the full price for a family. What's going on now though with these premiums? Why are we about to see this significant jump? Uh, the big thing there is insurance companies missed the mark. So one, they underpriced the plans. They expected a much broader pool to enroll. But many of the people who forewent insurance were the healthy. So I don't use health care. I'll pay $600 to fine. For they weren't there, the average expense was much higher. So they collected a premium of $5,000. let us say they had a $7,000 average expense. So to make up for that, they have to raise premiums or else they will go out of business. There's just not enough money coming in to cover the health care expenses. So they're trying to recorrect for having missed the mark on round one. But between all the brains at the White House and uh, these insurance companies who have their own pockets to think of, uh, surely someone must have foreseen this. We foresaw it as a possibility, but the problem is it's predicting the future. I mean, if we can predict the future, I mean, if you're not in politics, you're on Wall Street. That's the place to be. <laughs> no, we just didn't. With time, the markets will stabilize. But it's not clear if there's time. The other thing that the companies were doing was they were offering two generous plans. Remember, family health insurance in the United States, if you pay it out of pocket, on many of the exchanges for a family of four, $23,000 yeah. per year. 
that's a lot of money for an average American family. So what we're seeing, the plans that are successful are not these very generous plans, but much more lean, basic plans. But they aren't available everywhere. And can these plans expand fast enough to fill the gaps? And it's risky to expand quickly because if you miss the mark, you can go under. Is there a huge gap in quality between the options that are available, depending on where you live? We've had this complaint that, uh, that you know there is a reduction in supply for specific subscribers. Not so much quality, because the quality is on the provider side, the hospitals and the physicians. It's the same hospital and physicians, but the way they get the cheaper price is you can only go to these providers. And then the insurance plan goes to those providers and said, look, I'm going to buy in bulk. I will give you all these enrollees if you give me a big price discount. And that way I can pass on these lower premiums to the enrollees. Mm. But you give up choice. You don't get to go where you choose, only to the ones on the list. And so people don't like it if I have a lot of conditions and my doctor's not on that list. I don't like that. And changing clinicians is not fun. But that's the only way that we've found that saves money. Because the underlying problem in the U.S. system is we pay for every service. We have very high prices. Prices are very, very high here. I mean, I was just thinking that, obviously, it's just a very expensive system. Is there any other way of subsidizing it that does not involve hitting people who are vulnerable? I mean, surely we just have so much sympathy for someone right now, let's say, who has a chronic condition, who's relying on this insurance, but who physically can't afford to increase their payment. You know, what happens? Oh, it's not... It's not just them, it's everybody. In many of our private insurance plans, these are the ones, if you work for a large company, you're looking at a deductible of five, $6,000 for your family mm. every year. Mm. And so I know lawyers who are on payment plans, they have insurance, but they have a payment plan to the local hospital to pay off the debt. And these are folks who have health insurance just because their kid broke their arm on the playground at school. Because most American families don't have three or $4,000 to make up that just right. one day to the next. So coming back to that initial part of the question, is there any other way to subsidize it? So one of the things we've debated, whether it will happen when we first did the Affordable Care Act in the debates, there was the public option. So right now, all everybody on the exchanges is private. What if you had a Medicare or a Medicaid-type plan, so those are our public health insurance plans, also on there? In the original legislation it was in, during the debates, it got taken out, it got put back in, it got taken out, and in the end legislation, it did not have it. And so there was talks in the presidential campaign that maybe we should revise the law and add that, but given our politics, no matter who wins the White House, we're still going to have a divided Congress. And it's, it could happen, it's just not probable. Mm. It really real looks, it just looks so bleak. It, it just looks like you don't want to be in America and get sick right now. Well, I teach healthcare in America to, my, to undergraduate students, and frequently on the student evaluations, they're like, this is such a depressing class. Mm. So, no, it is a common refrain. It's, there is no silver bullet to our situation. The one thing that is the bright spot, so 
We had 50 million Americans with no health insurance before the Affordable Care Act. Mm. Now that we passed it, we're down to about 16 million. So we've cut, taken two-thirds of that off. Right. Most of those were not the people on the exchanges. Very few people buy their health insurance through these ones that are always in the news. It was the Medicaid plans. Very low-income Americans have a very generous health insurance program called Medicaid. There is no deductible. There are no co-pays. You just go, and it's all carried, handled. There are no premiums. And so this is if you make, um, depends on the size of your family, less than twenty-five, less than $30,000 per year. Mm-mm-mm. This was in the ACA. All states were supposed to do this. Some states did. Some states didn't. And so in my state of Ohio, they have free care. It's the middle class that is now really getting squeezed. I understand. And so there's some debate. There's some debate that Medicaid can continue to grow, but it's going to be a very long, very long process for us to resolve. Yeah, this. I mean, it, it's it's sounds rather complex for someone who grew up with the National Health Service of the UK and now pays a, a fairly simple payment here in Korea. Thank you so much for clarifying for us. I, I don't know, maybe some of our listeners want to contribute. If you've got a bit of insight there to add to Professor Eric Sieber's comments, you can text us pound sharp 1013 for 51 per message.